You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Father, we thank you for your love that is stronger than anything we've tasted, anything we've faced that is altogether different and it sustains us and satisfies us and we thank you for what you've drawn us into. We thank you for your promise to never leave us or forsake us. We thank you that you're with us always. And now as we turn to your word, we invite you to come and to speak to us through it. Would you speak to us Holy Spirit, take this word, make it real to us. Let it bring life and hope and strength and direction into our hearts and souls. We welcome you, King of glory. Amen. Thank you so much. Band, if you're in the room, please do take a seat. Well, uh, good morning from me and welcome to you at home. It's so great to be live streaming here in CLM with a few of the church family here in the room. Such a joy to have you with us, but also to be speaking to you at home. And it's my privilege to bring us the word this morning, to turn us to the Bible. Well, last week we received the encouragement from Psalm 121 to look up, to look up and to remember that Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and of earth. And how great and how timely it was to receive that encouragement as we stepped into a new year and then right into lockdown number three. All the challenges that that presents to us. I know it presents different challenges to different ones of us, but the reminder to look up is so helpful. I'm sure many of us have also probably been aware of shocking events in the US this week. The disturbing presence and problem of white supremacy in the midst of that. I was horrified at the image of the Confederate flag being held in the Capitol building and staggered at the seemingly incongruous security response. You may have seen on the other side of the world in Hong Kong, more than 50 arrests of pro-democracy activists as Beijing continues to clamp down. And then here at home, there's challenges to businesses with Brexit. There's the ongoing crisis, of course, of pandemic, of a variant, and all these things. Wow. And in the midst of all the challenge, all the chaos, all the outrage, all the disruption, tomorrow we begin 21 days of prayer. And for many of us with some kind of fasting, it was so good this week to gather with 30 or so people on Zoom for our fasting seminar. And you know, it's always true that we need to pray, but it seems so clear right now in our own situations and in the world, we need to pray. Hopefully, you've received your booklet for 21 Days of Prayer. And if you've had a look in it already, you'll have seen uh, that there are three themes. There's a theme for each week. And a week one, the theme is draw near. Week two, the theme will be prepare the way. And week three, kingdom come. And so as we focus this week, we'll be looking at this idea of drawing near. As it says in James 4, verse 8, draw near to God And he will draw near 
to you. It's one of the great promises of Scripture. The wonderful truth is that in this time of extreme social distancing, we are invited into extraordinary spiritual intimacy. We do need to abide by extreme social distancing. It's what we're being asked to do right now. We must do it. But in the midst of it, we are invited into extraordinary spiritual intimacy. That the King of kings, the maker of heaven and earth, the Lord of everything, the sustainer of life himself invites us, invites you to draw near, to come close And so if you want a title this morning, that's it. It's simply, Come Closer. Words perhaps many of us haven't said for a while, Come Closer. Because this is the invitation from Jesus Christ to each and every one of us. And this invitation is unchanged. It is unchanged by pandemic, unchanged by whatever variant there may be, unchanged by anything else. Come Closer. So kids, particularly kids at home, I want to invite you while I'm speaking to make or draw an invitation that is from Jesus to you to come closer. And you might want to decorate it or you might want to add on some of the things that I say. And if you finish it in the time, then maybe you might make one for your mom or your dad or somebody else who also lives in your house. Well, right now we're going to turn to the scripture and we're going to read this morning from the Living Bible. And we're going to read Colossians 2. 6 to 15. And I'm reading from this version just because I think it's really helpful, particularly in these verses that making it super clear. So this is verse 6. And now just as you trusted Christ to save you, trust him too for each day's problems. Live in vital union with him. Let your roots grow down into him and draw up nourishment from him. See that you go on growing in the Lord and become strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. Let your lives overflow with joy and thanksgiving for all he has done. Don't let others spoil your faith and joy with their philosophies, their wrong and shallow answers built on men's thoughts and ideas instead of on what Christ has said. For in Christ, there is all of God in a human body. So you have everything when you have Christ. And you are filled with God through your union with Christ. He is the highest ruler with authority over every other power. When you came to Christ, he set you free from your evil desires, not by a bodily operation of circumcision, but by a spiritual operation. The baptism of your souls. For in baptism, you see how your old evil nature died with him and was buried with him. And then you came up out of death with him into a new life because you trusted the word of the mighty God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead in sins and your sinful desires were not yet cut away. Then he gave you a share in the very life of Christ. He forgave all your sins And blotted out the charges proved against you, the list of his commandments which you'd not obeyed. He took this list of sins and destroyed it by nailing it to Christ's cross. And in this way, God took away Satan's power to accuse you of sin. And God openly displayed to the whole world Christ's triumph at the cross where your sins were all taken away. Well, 
There's so much in those verses. These are words that were written by the Apostle Paul to the followers of Jesus in a place called Colossae, which is in modern-day Turkey. And he wrote the letter when he was distanced from those he was writing to. Paul was imprisoned because of his faith. He was limited. He was chained. He was literally locked down. Quite literally. But he was deeply concerned for the believers in Colossae. He was concerned for their faith. He was concerned that they would stay rooted in Christ. So he wrote to them to remind them to look up, to keep looking to Christ, and to keep their lives rooted in him. And so just for a few minutes right now, we're going to focus mainly on verses 6 and 7 from those that I've read. And look at three encouragements or instructions that Paul gives to those believers in Colossae, which I believe might also be helpful for us in the here and now of today. So first up, encouragement number one is this. Trust him. Trust him for each day's problems. Verse six is this. And now, just as you trusted Christ to save you, trust him too for each day's problems. Paul is reminding the believers that just as they have trusted him to save them for eternity, to save them from sin and from the consequences of sin, he's encouraging them to let that big picture theology and spirituality filter right down into the day-to-day to impact and find expression in the issues, the problems that they're facing in each day. He says, trust him to for each day's problems. Paul is simply trying to remind the believers that Jesus's eternal salvation is not simply for another day when Christ returns. Although for sure on that day, it will be of monumental consequence to be saved by Jesus and to be found in him. And yet Paul is reminding them that Jesus is with them day to day, moment to moment, in the here and now. He is the God of the big stuff of eternity, but he's also the God of the small detail facing you today. Can I encourage you that he is with you in the here and now today, moment to moment, minute to minute, day to day in lockdown three. Jesus Christ is concerned with the troubles that you face each day. Paul reminds the believers in Colossae, and reminds us here in Coventry to trust him for each day's problems. To trust him means simply to to bring each of those things to him, to ask him to be present with you in it, ask him to help you through it, ask him to help to bring you the help that you need, and trust him that he will answer. He will be with you. He will hear you. He is interested in how lockdown impacts you. He will be with you in the mountain and the valley as we've sung even this morning. The different pressures that this week might put on you, he will be with you. You can trust him for each day's problems. Whether your need is emotional, of course there is an isolation, a loneliness that can come with lockdown. You miss your friends. Whether you're overwhelmed with the demands that are on you because of your work or your business, Perhaps the demands of family and children needing help to engage with schoolwork. Maybe your need is relational just because the pressures of the restrictions put additional pressures on the relationships around your lives. 
Maybe your need is financial, educational, motivational. Maybe you're having to study at home, do lessons at home, and it is hard. Maybe you're a doctor, a nurse, a healthcare assistant, or involved in the administration or the running of a hospital or healthcare facility, and the surge in demand is impacting you deeply. The encouragement of Paul is to trust him too for each day's problems. Bring the pressures, bring the problems to him, talk to him about it. Paul calls this vital union with him. It's a life-giving connection with God that in the midst of all the challenges of every day, we stay connected and bringing those things to God. You know, when we pray and when we fast, We are choosing a position of increased dependence upon God. We're trusting him to sustain us rather than the usual things that we might lean on to some degree. In fact, often part of the fruit of fasting in our lives is an increase in trust and dependence upon him. And there's no doubt that as we embark on another season of lockdown here in the UK, there is an opportunity as well as perhaps a need for us increased dependence on God. Trust him for each day's problems. Journey it with God, not for God. Each day, one day at a time, living in the now, bringing each thing that you need to, to God, trusting him for each day's problems he can bring you through. So as we fast, as we pray, as we journey through lockdown, let's receive Paul's reminder here that just as we've trusted Christ to save us, let's trust him too for each day's problems. Living in vital union with him, maintaining a life-giving connection with him, trusting him for each day's problems is actually a way that we come closer to him. The challenges can force us closer into him. The second encouragement that we draw from Paul today is to draw from him, to draw up nourishment from him. He says this, let your roots go down into him, draw up nourishment from him. Paul is bringing to mind here the picture of a a plant or a tree that has physical roots that goes down into the soil, which then through the roots, it draws up what it needs, food, nutrients, water, what it needs to survive, to grow, to be healthy, to be fruitful. There's a similar picture in John 15. We get Jesus saying the words, I am the vine, you are the branches, and reminding us that we need to remain in him, drawing something from him. Of course, we don't have physical roots, but we do have needs, things that we require to grow, to be healthy, to survive, to be nourished, to be in good shape and to be fruitful. We have needs. But often we satisfy those needs or we try to satisfy those needs with many different things around our lives, perhaps with food, perhaps with people entertainment, distraction, various things we might do, shopping, maybe look for the latest box set that we might binge watch. It might be exercise, it might be trips to the gym. There are many different things that we might use to seek to satisfy the needs that we find inside of ourselves. We have needs, we have appetites, some healthy, some not so healthy. 
But the key thing is that there is nourishment that can be drawn from Jesus Christ that feeds and that satisfies us. Fasting is a way to deliberately pursue that nourishment that comes only from him. Lockdown provides us an opportunity when many of the usual things, in fact, most of the usual things we might move towards to meet those needs are curtailed. And so there's an opportunity for us to seek nourishment instead from Jesus himself. Perhaps particularly as we are aware of needs that we can't meet in many of the things we often lean on. Paul here is giving voice to something that we hear again and again in the New Testament. Let me give you a few examples. David in Psalm 63, he's talking about pursuing the presence of God. And uh, he says, my soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. Because he knows that the presence of God satisfies. Now another Psalm, this one written by Moses, Psalm 90. He prays, satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love. Wow. You see, the limited activities of the day may leave us feeling unsatisfied, but the love of God can satisfy. Deuteronomy 8, verse 3, quoted by Jesus in the wilderness when he was fasting. He says, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. The truth is that when we read the Bible, there is a nourishment that can come to our souls that we cannot get from anywhere else. This is putting roots down into him and drawing up nourishment from him. It looks like reading the Bible. It looks like asking Holy Spirit to come and to speak to us and feed us through his word. It it looks like listening to worship, joining in with worship that we might play. It might look like being still before God, just taking time to wait on him, asking Holy Spirit to minister to you, to fill you to minister to you his love, maybe to ask him to satisfy you with his love and to sit still long enough for him to do so. Maybe if you find it hard to feel God's love, ask him in this time of prayer and fasting to help you to feel his love and to be satisfied by his love. Putting roots down into God is about talking to him. We call it prayer, but really it's just talking to God, communicating with him, speaking, listening, asking, receiving. These are ways we stay rooted in God. We draw up nourishment from him, and they help us to come closer. Simple things that we can do in 21 days of prayer. Encouragement number three is to thank him. Paul says, overflow with thanksgiving. He actually says, let your lives overflow with joy and thanksgiving for all that he has done. Time and again throughout this letter that Paul writes, he talks about thanksgiving, gratitude, thankfulness. You know, I grew up in a family where following Christmas, there was some obligatory writing of thank you letters. Aunts, uncles, godparents had to be thanked by us for the things that they had been given. And and rightly so, I think. We've tried to do a similar thing with our children in seeking to teach them gratitude. Although I have to say that the thank you text and the thank you WhatsApp has become now an acceptable replacement for the written letter. But gratitude is important. Thank you is 
a potent and a powerful word. And where it is deserved but absent is often a point of concern. If, if you're a driver, you know how this feels. When you, uh, there's not room for two cars to pass, and so you graciously wait to let the other car come past first. And as they drive past you then, you glance over to acknowledge what you know is going to come from them, which is the thank you that is due. Yep, you know what I mean. But then probably like me, you've had occasions when you've waited, you've let them through, even though you're in a hurry. You let them through, and then you look to see as they drive past, and they don't even acknowledge you. Not a glance, not a nod, not a smile, not even a twitch. Terrible. Now, I'm sure that we would all respond in our hearts full of grace to such, uh, to such an individual because we are good Christians and we don't exhibit road rage at all. And you know, it's not a big deal, but some small token of gratitude was appropriate. You know, if you share a living space, then thank you is a really important word, a powerful word, and especially so in lockdown when we don't have so much space from one another. Thank you for washing up. Thank you for putting the bins out. Thank you for abiding by the COVID rules when you left the house. If you're married, I suggest that the word thank you is one of the two most important words in your vocabulary, along with sorry. And I would encourage you, please don't take any kindness, service, help, or expression of friendship for granted just because they are your husband or your wife. You know, gratitude spoken, thanks offered or withheld can make or break a marriage or a friendship. Gratitude is that powerful. You see, naturally, gratitude is powerful, perhaps because it is an expression of a humble posture of heart towards somebody else. And Paul knew gratitude is powerful naturally. But I think also he knew that spiritually, it's not just powerful, it is critical. It is supercharged, if you like, which is why he mentions it so often. And here, he isn't just saying, be thankful. He's saying, overflow with thankfulness. Let it be so full in your life. And the psalmist helps us to understand why. If we go to Psalm 100, we hear those familiar words that we're invited to enter into his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. The message puts it like this, enter with the password thank you. This is the very way into God's presence is through thankfulness. You see, there's no place for presumptuous or deserving entry into the presence of God. We can only come because of what Jesus Christ has done for us at great cost to himself. The way into God's presence, the way to come closer is through Jesus with thankfulness. Thank you. So fundamental is the need for gratitude. Paul explains at the start of another letter in Romans chapter 1 as he identifies the moral and spiritual issues facing mankind. He identifies their origins as a failure to acknowledge God and to thank him. Wow. A lack of thankfulness is where the rot sets in that separates us from God. And thankfulness, on the other hand, is how we come closer. It's how we enter in. It's how we start. It's where we begin. Thankfulness. If we're intentional to come closer, then thankfulness will be a key. And whether you are fasting or whether you are praying or whether you're just trying to get through lockdown with your well-being intact, gratitude and thankfulness, 
they are and they will be powerful tools for you. Because gratitude and thankfulness, they change our perspective. They help us to find hope. They lift us out of the place where we are. They can break through a negative mindset. But more than all of those things is it helps us enter in to the very presence of God. Now, I know it can be hard, really hard to be grateful when circumstances are difficult. And Paul is careful not just to remind these believers that they should be thankful and they should overflow with thankfulness, but he rehearses for them why they should be thankful. And I want us just to focus on these last couple of verses as I come towards a finish this morning. This is what he says in verse 13 to 15. He says, you were dead in sins and your sinful desires were not yet cut away. Then he gave you a share in the very life of Christ for he forgave all your sins and blotted out the charges that were proved against you, the list of commandments which you'd not obeyed. He took this list of sins and destroyed it by nailing it to Christ's cross. And in this way, God took away Satan's power to accuse you of sin. And God openly displayed to the whole world Christ's triumph at the cross, where your sins were all taken away. Paul tells them to overflow with thankfulness, but then he turns their minds to the cross. And I encourage us that as we pray, And as we fast this week, as we journey through lockdown and the various headlines and statistics and all that stuff, all the challenges that it brings, I encourage us to turn our minds towards the cross, towards what Jesus did. And in these verses, it perhaps gives us maybe the best explanation and picture that we get in scripture of what is happening on the cross. You see, Paul is saying that it's as though for every one of our lives, there was a a document, a piece of paper, if you like, or many pieces of paper, and on it written down all of our shortfalls, all our sins, every commandment that we hadn't kept, every instance we'd not loved, every lie, every selfish motive, Every time we pursued lust or promoted self, every disobedience, every hurtful word, every opportunity for mercy and kindness missed. You know what else would have been on your list. I know what else would have been on my list. And that document, with those lists, that was in the hands of Satan. And he had every reason and every right to be able to accuse and to condemn But what happened on the cross in those moments, as Jesus in his perfection was nailed to the cross, and as he suffered and as he died, then it was as though that list, your list and my list, was snatched out of the hands of Satan and nailed to the cross with Christ's hands and Christ's feet. Your list, my list, sitting in your lounge, your list was nailed to that tree. Satan was left empty-handed 
Christ triumphant over Satan and his powers and authorities. It says in the NIV, it puts it like this, that Christ made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Friends, everything changed in that moment for you. Everything that could have been held against you was removed in that moment because of what Jesus did. There was a transaction that took place as your sin was removed from your slate and cleaned away forever. It will affect our eternity, but our effect, it also affects the problems, the troubles of every day. Of course, there are challenges for sure. There is grief, there is pain, there is limitation. There's hardship in this season, but friends, the triumph of the cross is unchanged. The triumph of the cross is unchanged. The King of heaven stepped down and willingly went to the cross to destroy the list. The record that would have stood against you and stood against me, the pile of rubbish that was in the way, cleaned right away. And now there is an open door, a clean slate for us all in Christ today, tomorrow, forever. And our acceptance begins with thank you. Come closer. Come closer. Trust him for each day's problems. Draw up nourishment from him. Overflow with thanksgiving. Remember the cross. Your sin removed, the record destroyed, the way opened up. This week, thank him. Come closer, enter in, lean on him, but come closer. Why don't you pray with me as I finish? Lord, we thank you today for the triumph of the cross, that you have rescued us from our terrible state, that you have set us free. We thank you for your victory, for the freedom that you've won for us, that the record of our sins is removed forever and that you welcome us in. You welcome us to come closer. And so we say, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Help us never to get over the wonder of the cross. And even this week in the midst of the challenges and the troubles, the problems. Help us to see afresh each day the wonder and the glory of what you have done for us. Help us to overflow with joy and thanksgiving, to experience and walk in your unending love for us, that we would keep leaning in and coming closer to you, learning to walk in dependence and trust as we overflow with thankfulness to you, Jesus. Help us to keep coming closer, we pray. Amen.